You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. Why was Jesus a rabbi? That's where we're going. It is, and it sounds like such a, you know, well, really, what difference does it make? But uh, once you get into it, you know, I got into this question. It was like, whoa, uh, this this makes sense. It's like the key piece to a puzzle in, in some instances. But, you know, it, it, it's just a great story, <clears throat> a true one, about about the people of Galilee, really, who, as, as we know, some, some condescending remarks were made in the New Testament about oh, the people from Galilee, or, or I can't believe those people. But uh, the truth of the matter is that the people of Galilee, and that's, of course, where Jesus was born and lived and did ministry, uh, were the most religious Jews in the world in the first century. And this is so cool, the way God sets up his plan to be fulfilled. Uh, they, the Galileans interacted with the world because of the, one of the major trade uh, routes was ran right through Israel called the Way of the Sea. And the Galilean people were also more biblically educated in the scriptures and its application to life than other Jewish communities. So right away, our understanding of Old Testament communities as being strictly by the rules, they were already a step above that uh, because they believed in the application of, of what they read in the Torah. And uh, they were passionate about their faith which led to solid religious communities and strong families whose synagogues supported the Torah. So right away, we see just this area in the world at that time that was on fire for God. Uh, More famous Jewish teachers came from Galilee than anywhere else in the world. So here we see this beautiful picture of God preparing this environment carefully so that Jesus would have precisely the context he needed to present his message of repentance and salvation. And you just see God working in in such a beautiful way. And so Jesus grew up, he, he was educated, like all bright Jewish boys in his neighborhood. And you know what, Kelly? I'm, I'm reminded of, of Philippians 2, where the Kenosis passage, where he came from, uh, seated at the right hand of God of power. He came as a man. And in this case, we see a glimpse of Jesus as a child, uh, essentially. He came as a baby. He grew up. He was, he was one of them, and he went through the same steps as the other students. He was a Jewish uh, young man going just like all other Jewish kids, so they thought. And, uh, but the difference was that many religious leaders came to know Jesus. They knew he was different. They honored and respected his brilliance and insight into this you know, into the scriptures. Um, and we look at this culture, when a Jewish student turned 12, 
uh, it was determined whether or not they would be chosen to continue their education uh, as to being a, a rabbi. And, you know, we think of the bar mitzvahs, the bar mitzvahs now. This is what this is all about. Those gifted would have uh, to at least memorize the first five books of the Old Testament and many other religious documents. And if they couldn't recite the text accurately at age 12, they would leave schooling and follow their their father's trade. So uh, uh, this is the setup. I mean, uh, if you were extraordinarily bright and you wanted to be a rabbi, you had to do a bunch of stuff when you were 12, or you couldn't even go on in, in the educational system. So did Jesus have to go through that educational system just like everybody else, even though they respected his his obvious intelligence and in how he interpreted the scriptures? I mean, he just, he knew things other people didn't know. Yeah, that's what's, I mean, literally, uh, you know, Jesus was the word, so, you know, in God's economy, it's, it's, it's just uh, amazing. But yes, you know, he was born and educated through the system. And he was treated no differently. That's what's so cool about this story. And when he was 12, you, you know, there's a story that was written in the scripture about him uh, in Luke 2. Uh, remember when he, when he got lost at the Feast of the Passover? Um, uh, he was he, there. We have a little glimpse, and the, and the culture got a little glimpse of who this this young Jewish guy was, and it's in Luke 2, and it goes like this. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover, and when he became 12, and I add here why most kids were madly memorizing, you know, uh, but when Jesus turned 12, uh, as they were returning after spending a, a full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were unaware of it, and they uh, supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey, and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they didn't find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. And after three days, they found him in a temple, sitting among uh, the leaders, both listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers." You know, uh, it, it's just amazing to me that as a young Jewish boy, he was, uh, in effect, even in this situation, engaging, engaging, learning, learning. And uh, again, it, it, it was amazing because to be able to, for students to complete the studies, to become a rabbi, very few could do it. And those that did... Uh, hope to be chosen by a rabbi to follow me and become like him. And this this makes sense to the whole thing. Follow me is a call that rabbis will offer to students who have completed their training to come and literally follow him, follow the rabbi. And the rabbi, uh, by the way, means uh, the great one or my master, and it was used as a term of respect for one's teachers. You know, and I'm thinking of Mary Magdalene calling Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, Rabboni. And they saw Jesus as an extremely well-educated 
and, and at age 33 when he started his ministry, man. Uh, but, and he obviously became a rabbi through their educational system. And at age 33, uh, at the right time, God assigned him to, as a rabbi in the community, to find disciples to follow him. We are talking about why was Jesus rabbi? How did this happen? What, Kelly, when I'm thinking about this, and as I said before the break, you know, he was just a child Mm -hmm. growing up within a Jewish family, adhering to Jewish custom, being trained up in the synagogues, learning uh, the scriptures of the Pentateuch the way that every other child would. Mm Mm-hmm. But then this one situation where he's brought in and he stays behind after uh, the feast and he is teaching. And I know scripturally it says that they were hanging on his every word, uh-huh. basically. Uh, yeah. And who is this that would speak this? For real. And you know there's just something special about that child. Oh, big time. And you know, Nancy, I got to tell you, when this question arrived in our inboxes, a couple of days ago, and we were getting ready for your segment today, I saw the question, why Why was Jesus a rabbi? And I'm thinking, well, he was the son of God. Answer to the question. <laughs> but then, then we get to this. This is where we're picking up. When we look at Jesus as rabbi and then consider whom he chose to follow him, the implications for us are amazing. Talk about what it meant for a rabbi to choose his next student. Yes, and you know, uh, the whole system there, if you are a rabbi in the system, then you were like top of the ladder, for sure. I mean, great respect was given to rabbis. So the rabbi's job then, once, once he became a rabbi, and, and then he would want to uh, consider whether or not a student that completed their training could make a commitment necessary to leave his family, work, and follow the rabbi. So they would they would become interns essentially once they got through the rabbinical system, educational system. Uh, then they would they would hopefully be asked by a rabbi to follow them, which means to become like them. And that would require, uh, you know, leaving family, leaving everything. For a student to be chosen uh, by a rabbi to follow him was a remarkable vote of confidence. I mean, it was just uh, amazing for a, a young person to be chosen. And Jesus also, when he completed his schooling, was to select those whom he thought would make good disciples as well, you know. And these disciples were called to be with him, to follow him, to live by his teaching, to imitate his actions, and to make everything else in their lives secondary uh, to their learning of the rabbi. So, So he was looking for those who would follow him and uh but his way of 
of choosing was a bit different from the other. Well, <laughs> it certainly seems <laughs> to have been the way that he had selected all of his disciples. And that's different because, you know, this is an important differentiation because there was a process that determined whether a student was worthy of actually being chosen to follow a particular rabbi. And you would not suspect that the people that Jesus chose would actually have been marked as worthy of following, would they? No, you know, that this is the, this is the thing that should give us all so much hope because there's so many of us that don't feel worthy to be called. And uh, I think we're thinking in the old rabbinic uh, mentality when, when we think that because, you know, the religious educational system uh, judged the worthiness of a person by how smart they were, especially at memorizing. Jesus, however, didn't look at someone's school resume to make his selections of followers. This is what differentiated one of the many things from other rabbinical uh, uh, leaders at that time. Jesus looked on the heart, and he knew those who had a heart to know the truth, to love, and to obey. And those he invited to be his disciples were not, clearly not the brightest, not the most uh, well-spoken, or even leaders in their community. There were people like you and me who wanted to respond to Jesus's call to follow him, but struggle, that struggle in life, struggle just in making good decisions, uh, that struggle. And those are the ones that Jesus, of all the brightest people, uh, you know, in their community, which is the brightest pretty much in their world at that time, he overlooked them. And I love this Mark 1 where it talks about how he did it. He said, and it says this, Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting their nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Let me remind you, they didn't make it to the next level of religious training. So they had had were told, no, you can't go on in your education. You must go with your father and be a fisherman. You must do his trade. So so now we see Jesus passing along the Sea of Galilee, and he saw Simon and Andrew, you know, uh, they're working as fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Jebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. And they went to Capernaum. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, not as a scribe. So here we, here we see Jesus going to the lowly of the lowlies, you know, at that time, uh, that weren't book smart, but were chosen by God to change the world for, for you and for me even today. So it, it, it's just, honestly, it just shows the heart and compassion of God. And for three and a half years, Jesus taught his disciples as they traveled. They they interacted. They did life together. They asked questions. 
and they witnessed many miracles performed by their rabbi. And they came to know them not only as a teacher and friend, but also as the son of the living God, their savior. And there again, in God's perfect timing, when the time was right, knowing that his disciples were prepared to be like him, he commissioned them to go and become disciple makers. And when his job was complete in heaven, he died or, or on earth, he, he died, he rose again, he found his disciples. When they were ready to go out into the world and only then, then Jesus ascended to heaven. And there were the 12 disciples left to carry on. And, you know, I, I think First uh, uh, Corinthians one twenty five through 30 uh, says this, and it's, uh, it's just such a beautiful crescendo to this whole idea of rabbinic uh, Jesus. It says, for the foolish of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. He chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things in the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom of God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So again, uh, God sees the heart, and he's there for us, and he calls us to follow him. Again, to become like him. Him. It's not just to have conversations, ask questions, get smarter. It's to become like Jesus by the way we live, by the way we respond, by the way we answer questions as well. It's, it's just such, it, it makes sense in so many words why, why the elite, the religious elite had problems, major problems, when they realized that Jesus was not only a rabbi, he was God. I have, see, this is why I loved this question so much, because I think even today we look at some as being elite among us. We're not. We're all equal in his sight. He does look at the heart. He's called all of us to follow him. I know I'm not the brightest bulb in the chandelier, but he still wants me to follow him. I'm like, wow, this is huge. Nancy, thank you for this today. This was such a great question. Well, Thank you. I, I know I was inspired by it myself, and, and hopefully we all are. You know, we all matter yeah, we more do. than we could imagine to God. Because he said so. Hey, listen, if you yep. want to get connected uh, with the ministry of Anchors Away, learn more about what Nancy is doing with Biblical Worldview, and especially if you have a high school or college student, because you know their faith is going to be challenged when they age out of that youth group and go away to college, so they need to learn how to stand firmly in it. Mm-hmm. You can go to anchorsaway.org or click on the resources tab at kellyandsteve.org, and we'll chat with Nancy again next week. 
You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio. From the word to life. 